Welcome in to the Pirate Football Playback here on the Sports Objective. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Pirates get a big win, 44-24 to over the USF Bulls. I'm Dave Richmond, your host. Hey, Kyle Barber, what's up, dude? Going, on, Dave. How are you? Uh, well, happy uh, belated. We got your birthday coming up. And obviously, I know you went to Boone. So uh, you and your wife, Jessica, had to, you, you guys are back to do the playback. And hopefully you had a nice time. Look like you did on Facebook. So glad to have you back in one piece. Yeah, I had a great time. The color is in uh, full peak already up in the Bloon, Blowing Rock area. So uh, beautiful uh, time to go up there, even with the bad weather yesterday. Still had a nice time. No doubt about it. Bubba Rosenbaum will be joining us in just a second. He'll be with us in just a little bit. Uh, in Tampa, Florida, a guy that has been helping us out a lot recently. Appreciate all his hard work. Sutton Young, how are you, sir? I'm fantastic. How are you? appreciate uh, you going down to Tampa. I know that you had some frequent flyer miles, but you go down there and do a great job. And I think every time there's a pirate game, especially on the road from now on, I was thinking about it earlier this afternoon, you have to go to all the away games from now on. I mean, <laughs> if I could sneak on to the team play, you know I would. I was talking to Bubba and Kyle about that yesterday. <laughs> you could get on the tail of the plane, uh, the wings for sure. Guys, a big a victory, you know, down in – Raymond James Stadium, they've had a lot of Super Bowls. And I was thinking about how super it was to get the Pirates to get a nice victory, 44-24. to 24. Last week, we were upset because the Pirates, you know, we knew that they could lose, but the way they lost was bad. Well, this time around, we flipped things around. We righted the ship as far as from one week to another where we thought we could win. We just didn't know it would be about 20 points, a blowout. And uh, Sutton, uh, we'll give you a chance. I know you got to catch a plane, so we'll give you the first chance uh, to talk about the game, and then we're going to pitch it to Kyle. Yeah, so really the biggest thing that I saw from the game yesterday was we had so much team chemistry. And in the first two games, you could see it was starting to kind of develop, and it was there, but it wasn't, it wasn't solid to where I could say, yeah, this team, this team can play. Yesterday I was there. I mean, I was – I was in the press box, and I could see it throughout the game. This team has really, really good chemistry. And, I, and I'll say this, too. I mean, USF, I mean, they're, they're a growing type of team. I mean, they, they also had a coaching change with Charlie Scott and now Jeff Scott. But I think really what it came down to yesterday was our offense just clicked. Our running game was superb, which, frankly, if you look in the past few years, East Carolina has always had a – a great passing offense. Yesterday, I was really, really impressed with the running game. So, I mean, that that was also very important. And then the defense. The defense yesterday was absolutely exceptional. I mean, that is the best defensive performance I've seen by East Carolina playing an FBS opponent in quite some time. So, overall, I'm very, very pleased with the win. But, frankly, I mean, we, we can definitely go up from here. And Kyle, what were your thoughts? I know that you were in Boone, uh, in Appalachian State Country. They couldn't have a game, unfortunately, the last couple of weeks because of a uh, couple of games because of COVID. But uh, what were your thoughts watching the game in the high country? Well, you know, obviously, you played for the performance, the offensive line, the way they run, brand block, uh, the pass blocking was was pretty good. The run blocking was really good. Uh, the backs uh, did, did a hell of a job. Two young backs. I mean, both those guys so show much promise. Uh, Harris, man, he he he's got SEC. You know, 
the way he runs with power and the ability to, to you show some speed burst, uh, that kid is, is an SEC caliber back, potentially. Uh, he's really good. Um, overall, uh, the defense gave him some big plays, particularly in the first half, adjusted in the second half. Um, couldn't be happier with the performance. And, you know, and I know South Florida, particularly offensively, isn't very good, but defensively, they're not bad. I don't think I, I looked at their talent on defense and I really don't think they have a bad defense. You, you know, and you go back to that UCF game and you look what we did offensively being able to run the ball. And then you look at this past week against South Florida with the win, we ran it down their throat and you look back at the Georgia state game, you kind of scratch your head. And uh, we talked about it a little bit last night with the little 10 or 15 minutes we did with Sutton. But you, you really – it doesn't matter. You hate to look back. You should only look forward. But just my nature, I just have to wonder if, if there was something more to that Georgia State game than just X's and O's and plays. Yeah, I know Georgia State's a very experienced team, and we're young. But I, I just can't help but wonder if there was something more to that game than what we saw. They're, they're, just, they're still just – it doesn't make any sense the way we were able to run the ball so effectively – against both South Florida and UCF in the loss and couldn't run it a lick against Georgia State. Uh, it, it really still just just makes me wonder and, I, and I'd be willing to I'd be willing to put a to, to put a dollars to donuts bet on that there was uh, something more to that game than just X's and O's. but as far as this week against South Florida couldn't be happier man I mean I, you know I do think the passing game still needs some work. I think CJ Johnson you know he, he started to get a uh, Looking like the CJ we saw last year a little bit, made a couple of big plays. Um, I, I still think the passing game has the potential to be so much better than it was even last night. Um, and it wasn't bad last night, but it has the potential, you know, with with, with Sneed and Pro and CJ and Adi Amatosho. And, uh, you know, it has the potential to do so much more. Um, if the running game continues to develop, if that Georgia State game was just a hiccup, and the running game continues to develop, and the O-line can continue to get good, and that passing game comes along, we could have a dynamic offense this year. Um, you know, it, I, please, man, it's shocked. You know, and I know I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but shocked. I, I, I thought we could win the game last night. I predicted us to win the game 43-17, and for all intents and purposes, we held them to 17 points. That last touchdown was a garbage touchdown and you know, in mop-up time. So I had it right as holding them to 17. Did not think there was any way in hell we were going to score 40-some points. And it was all offensive. Uh, you know, the field goals, obviously, are special teams. But the offense put them in position to score the field goals. So uh, very pleased with, with the overall effort. Uh, all three sides of the ball. Special teams were solid again last night, too. And by the way, in the green room, we're going to have uh, Captain Bunk Terry Gallagher will be joining us in just a little bit. Sutton, uh, so will Bubba Rosenbaum. We'll get down to more of the stats. Sutton, uh, looking ahead to this week, playing Navy. Uh, Pirates haven't had the best of luck against Navy, obviously, with the, the option and everything. But I was thinking, guys, uh, and I'll pitch it to you first, Sutton, with the very fact of if there's somehow, some way, being a home game, you have 3,500 fans coming to – uh, Dowdy Ficklin this week. If there's somehow, some way, the Pirates can pull off a win against Navy, you got two in a row. Uh, then I believe you have a bye week, so you have to get ready for Tulsa, right on the road. So, uh, look, my memory serves me right off the top of my head. So it's going to be a interesting game coming up on Saturday, don't you think, Sudden? 
Yeah, it's we lost. Be a very go. interesting game. I mean, the thing about it is, and like, we. Hello. Yeah, we're here. Uh oh. Yeah, here? we're here. Go ahead, Sud. Sud, yeah. Okay. Connect. Here. Uh, the about the Navy some, game so is um so I mean obviously we've done, we've done very very bad against Navy recently. I mean forty two ten was uh, last year's result. And I mean we've only beaten them one time. We've only beaten them one time, and that's the reality of the matter. Their triple option running tech has always gotten us. Ruffin McNeil, Scotty Montgomery, Mike Houston. That's been consistent. But here's my thing: if we can do what we did on offense last night. If we can do that on Saturday, we've got a shot. I mean, the defense, I don't know what's going to happen with the defense because Navy, they did win yesterday against Temple. That was a good win for them to get. Though Temple, yeah, they played their first game yesterday. But the thing about it is, and I, I hate putting it this way, I'm not going to say straight up, ECU is to beat Navy until I know for sure that we can stop their triple option, which I don't know. Yeah, sudden with a little bit of the uh, technical difficulties there, but we got the gist of it. Um, uh, I, I tell you what, if we uh, if we find a way to beat Navy, uh, you know, I, I don't care how it happens. But if we find a way to beat Navy, <laughs> consider the season a success. I'm telling you, uh, Navy has been a thorn in our side going back to the Skip Holtz days. You know, uh, back in 06, uh, Navy, you know, beat us up there and put a ton of yards on us. Um, only beat them one time back in uh, 2011. Dominique Davis had a record city performance that day to do so. Uh, but that's the only win we have against the uh, midshipmen. Um, Navy, you know, it, it, take that what you saw against, you know, BYU and kind of throw it out the window. They did have another poor performance against the Air Force. BYU and Air Force two really good football teams. Uh, they also went on the road and beat Temple. Or no, excuse me, went on the road to beat Tulane, came back in the second half to do that, and then had a nice win against Temple yesterday. So they're 2-0 in conference, beat Temple, beat Tulane. Um, the spread for that game, guys, open is maybe it's just a three-point favorite, which surprised me. Um, the recipe to beat them offensively is what we did yesterday. If you can run the ball and control the clock and keep the ball out of their hands, that is kind of the recipe to beat those guys. So if we can do what we did offensively yesterday again next week, uh, we'll have a chance. Um, the thing is, our defense seems to just have lapses at times, and we give up big plays. And when you're playing a triple option offense and you, you give up a big run, it, 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 they'll gash you. If you miss a couple of tackles, they'll gash you. And the next thing you know, uh, a third and three turns into a first down after a 70-yard run or a touchdown. So uh, that's going to be the thing next week. Um, I, 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 I think first down is always key when you play Navy. If you if you can if you can get them, if you can get them on first down, if you can hold them to a one-yard gain, two-yard gain, or even a loss, and you make them play a third and long, a third and six or better. Uh, that's key for Navy. Navy has no problems at all um, snapping it for three straight downs and getting in third and two, third and three, thirds and fours, and then converting the first down. So, to me, first down is always key against Navy uh, and not giving up the big play. 
So, you know, guys. Yeah, no doubt about it. If you're just joining us, Pirates win big 44-24 against the Bulls, our Pirate playback. Uh, with us right now, our very own Sutton Young, who's at the Tampa airport, and uh, we're talking to him just a few more minutes so he won't miss his flight. Uh, guys, we have a couple comments. If you'd like to comment on Facebook and uh, obviously on YouTube, you can. And I know our very own Bubba Rosenbaum will be joining us in just a few minutes as well, along with Captain Bunk, Terry Gallagher. Josh Thomas writes in and says, I feel like we saw two different teams from last Saturday compared to last night. Uh, obviously, and he said, if the Pirates team from last night shows up in Dowdy Ficklin next Saturday, we can beat Navy. Uh, I, I would tend to agree with that offensively. Um, defensively, and I know you, you look at last night's effort, and, then you, and it's going to take – I'm telling you right now – if we give up the big plays in the first half, like we did against USF to Navy, they're going to score. Yeah. Um, now that second half defense performance is spot on. Yeah, if we can play defense uh, in the second that. half uh, against USF against Navy for four quarters, and then uh, that offensive performance, if we can duplicate that, we will we will have a chance. Um, you know, I, I I said a couple times over the last day. That uh, you know, Navy's run defense has struggled this year, um, and of course, Navy loves to run the ball. It could be a shootout on the ground. It could be a very high-scoring game, but with a lot of rushing yards. No question, Sutton. I know we have a few minutes a little bit left with you. Again, appreciate you uh, coming on today, and I appreciate on the campus all the hard work you've done for us this season uh, so far. What were your takeaways as far as? Uh, i tell you what, after the game, that locker room video that the ECU put out, a legendary. I mean, Coach Houston, uh, I'm so happy for him and the staff, obviously the players, this program, because they had lost three straight if you go back to last year with Tulsa. ECU coming into the game, I mean, we all knew that South Florida was the favorite. We were one and nine against them previously. But this team that came into Raymond James Stadium last night, they, they were just ready to go. You could see it during warm-ups. You could see it in the first quarter. They were just ready. They were a different team, and that really helped them. I mean, they had – you could tell, too, they had a chip on their shoulder. They wanted to win that game so bad last night. They played flawlessly. The offense was exceptional. I mean, the passing game, like Kyle said, I mean, we, we always have room to improve. That is definitely one of those areas where we can improve. The defense, I think, is the best I've seen us play against an FBS opponent in a very long time. And this is this is another thing I took away from the game, too. We had the ball for 35 minutes of the game, so 35 to 25. If we can get the ball, or have the ball, rather, against Navy for 35 minutes or maybe more like 37, 38, then, yeah, I mean, we have a good shot to beat them. But we have to be able to make plays against Navy. We have to be able to convert when we take those long drives. If we can do that we can beat Navy and we can put up a performance like we did in Tampa last night. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I, like you said about time of possession, uh, I, I think, like I said before, the offensive game plan last night, if we can execute similarly against Navy, that's probably the recipe to beat them. Uh, ball control, but finishing those drives with touchdowns. Um, if, if you got the ball in your hand, it means they don't. And uh, so, to me, that's that's how you beat them. Because uh, until we prove we can stop the triple option, uh, I don't believe we can stop it because we hadn't done it yet. 
no matter who the head coach, no matter who the coordinator's been, we've yet to stop the triple option one time. What will be interesting to see is a big lot of uh, press conferences, and obviously the game will be high noon on Saturday. 3,500 fans in Dowdy Ficklin. Sutton, thanks, man. Hope you have a safe flight and look forward to seeing you very soon. Appreciate, again, all the hard work on the sports objective for us. All right, we're having some technical difficulties there with Sutton. We bring in now, thanks to Sutton, and hope he has a safe trip. Uh, we have Bubba Rosenbaum joining us uh, any minute now. But ladies and gentlemen, I talked to him earlier. Very happy, Terry Gallagher. How are you, Dr. Burke? <laughs> yes, sir. It was a good one. Very good. Enjoyed watching that last night. Um, I don't know. Uh, tell you, I think last night we won on coaching. I think we uh, outcoached them. And uh, what I mean by that, if you watch uh, that first series they had, they just took it down the field. They they overpowered us. They, their offensive line was big, and they they did what they should do that first drive they had. Uh, after uh, after that, if you noticed, we, we didn't line up in just a straight four-man front or a straight three-man front. Uh, we wound up doing a good bit on defense in terms of uh, slanting and angling with the front and then having the linebackers scrape or stunt in different ways. We were uh, we played a lot of man underneath coverage with somebody over the top of it, which I like to see. I don't ever like to see you play just straight out man coverage and every man's on an island. I like to have that guy back, especially whenever they're on their side of the 50. Uh, and uh, and we, we, we've been doing that. Uh, if you notice, we didn't give up the big play so much last night as we've been doing in the past. And the big play by that, I mean, is over 20-yard play. Um, we kept them. We made them keep snapping the ball. We made them keep driving. And uh, as long as they're snapping the ball on offense, then we've got a chance. Because every time that ball snapped, something can happen. And I have what I call the eight-play factor. I have it. I call it something else. But uh, when when you snap the ball eight times after that, something's gonna happen. Uh, you, it's hard to play perfect football, especially uh, right now this time of year. And um, I, I think uh, again, what you saw was a good a good game of uh, good coaching by our staff. We adjusted. We made adjustments. Not after, not at halftime, but early in the game, we made adjustments. Uh, if you notice, too, uh, what we started doing with Holton is we don't just drop him back and play straight drop-back football anymore. Most of what Holton's doing now is some type of play action, uh, a lot of bootleg, and also spread pass. Uh, spread pass is where the quarterback just takes the ball and rolls a certain way, right or left. I mean, it's pretty simple. But what you do, watch your offensive lineman up front. What the offensive lineman's doing is instead of uh, holding their protection and building a, a wall for him to step up into the pocket, what they're doing is they're letting the wall go, you know, go with. He's going to rush it. He's going to roll out this way. So they're going to build the wall. The linemen are going to hinge. What they do is hinge block. And that is where you, you turn and you push the man, you keep the man away so he can go to his left or right. Uh, we were doing that because they were stunting up front. They were they were slanting. 
And, and when they start slanting like that, and the same thing with us, anytime you start doing some type of gimmick on defense, you're going to open yourself up to a big play. It's, uh, it's almost uh, fan, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, you either got good, really good play or you got a really bad play. And, and uh, we were able to catch them several times. They'd be slamming one way, and our running backs are doing a really good job of the bend back, the cut back, or more or less running away from there to where the linemen are blocking. Um, it's called an influence block. And that is where you, 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 you want the guy on defense to think you're going to the left. So you, you, you block as if you're going to the right almost, more or less. And that way the defense, a well-coached defense is going to follow. And they're going to, a well-coached team is going to do what you expect them to do. So you can oftentimes use that and they're over-pursuing. If they're over-pursuing the one side, that's when you get the cutback. But that's when you get the, uh, we did a lot of uh, misdirection. And misdirection, I love seeing the misdirection because what it does is it does take the fire out of the defense. Because once you start missing, once you start moving the ball, not necessarily just straight at them, but, you know, right to left, left to right, or, you know, you start doing these different things, it puts them more or less into a basic defense. And once they get back to their basic defense, that's when you start going over the top, into the sideline. And again, we're not basing our offense on the passing game. And if and if people people have to understand, that we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to base it on the run. And uh, I think we're doing the right things. We've just got to get better at what we're doing, obviously. And again, we've got to uh, look at our youth, how inexperienced we were coming into this year. Now we've got three games under our belt, and uh, I expect to see us just uh, get. I expect to see us get better again uh, next week, especially uh, coming home to Dowdy Ficklin. Uh, I felt that pirate spirit. You know, I could I could feel the spirit of what the team was out there doing last night. And of course, I've got a. I bought me a brand new TV, and that's why we won. <laughs> I, I could hear the with this TV. I could actually hear. I've got you know the soundboard and everything. I could hear the the uh, uh, the coaches for USFF in the in the box in the press box. I could hear them. Uh, say, <laughs> you, you could hear them saying, "They're coming. They're stunned. They're stunned." <laughs> so uh, I enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed. I like having the. I like not having the crowd noise because that way you can hear a lot of what's going on. And uh, I like I like doing that. Kind of like a high school game. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kyle was uh... Terry, Terry, what did you think of uh what did you think of Roger Harris last night? I I'm telling you what, uh first off, uh I'm not sure where Harris, where's Harris from? South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina. Well, South Carolina. And uh, Keaton Mitchell from Georgia. I think those two guys have really been a spark. Uh, they they were really a spark, I think, last night. Uh, that's nothing against Penix at all. 
But I'm going to tell you, anybody that thinks we have a problem by having three running backs playing, that's not a problem. When you got three good running backs, the only problem is you have one football. <laughs> so uh, my thing again is this. Uh, if you watched, they fall forward at the end of their runs. They really do a good job of finishing off their runs. And you'll see that when they fall forward, that's two yards. Anytime you finish off your run, you're going to gain two yards at least. And that way you take away the negative plays. And uh, we didn't have as many negative yardage plays last night. Uh, even if it's a, a one-yard game, that's, 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 uh, that's positive. And that does help in this game where every inch matters. And, and if you don't think every inch matters, uh, then you'll get bit one day because it will. It will come back and get you. So we're doing little things right. And uh, I like seeing the, the I like seeing how how we're we're doing things the way we are, and the way our our, our athletes have bought into it. And I really feel again, if we're just uh, uh, you know get rid of the negativity. <laughs> Barry, let me ask you. Let me ask you something. Um, you look back at the UCF game, game one, mm-hmm. and we were able to run the ball successfully. You look at last night, we ran it down their throat. And then you look at that Georgia State game, and we could not run it a lick. I don't mean like they they stuffed our run or they did good against our run. We couldn't run it at all. I, I just I, – I don't – you know, I don't know what. I don't know why. I think there was something more to that game than just X's and O's. Something was just off against Georgia State, and I don't – and look, and I shouldn't even say this. I don't want to play conspiracy theorists, but if you look back, you know, they had that game against Charlotte the week before canceled because of COVID. And then it turned out all those COVID tests, oh, they were red wrong. None of them were were, were positive. Right. And I don't want to get into conspiracies, but I'm just telling you, something ain't right with that Georgia State game. It, it just don't make any sense. I know they're an experienced football team, and they're a good football team. But to just dominate our run the way they did, just dominate it, yet right. we could run it down South Florida's throat and ran it successfully against UCF. It don't make any sense. Um, I don't think we did. I think we learned a lot about ourselves in that game. And, and I think we – I don't think we used as much of the misdirection in the rollout-type passing game as we've started doing. I thought last night you saw a lot of different uh, – um, I ain't gonna say different plays so much as it was that um, we 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 again we adjusted to what the other team did. Georgia State, you got to remember this uh, this virus. There's it's hodgepodge the way it's been dealt with, and so we, you don't know from state to state what others have gone through to get to here in terms of practice time in terms of uh, group time, in terms of being able to scrimmage live and things like that. Uh, and I'll tell you, Georgia, it's a fiasco And uh, as far as the, the way it's been handled. And so Georgia State hasn't missed as much time as we have during this entire uh, situation. So I was mad. I, it, I just – Personally, I, we shouldn't lose to uh, Georgia State. That's my bottom line right there. However, 
They were talented, and they had they had more experienced players. I think. I think uh, South Florida might have been a little younger overall than uh, they are. They than are. State. So I think, yeah, last night we were playing a team more like us as far as experience goes. But Georgia State does have, again, in Georgia, the state of Georgia, once you get past the uh, uh, the four and five stars, whatever that means, uh, there's a lot of kids out in, in the high schools there that really never get a chance to move on because they, they get overlooked. Who are either 17, 16-year-old kids at the time with two or three growth spurts left, or they're, um, for some reason, uh, they don't go to these camps and all this stuff in the summer. And so you got some kids overlooked. Well, that's what Georgia State's been been uh, able to do, and is they've been able to bring these players in-state into their program and develop them to a certain degree. And I think they've got a good coaching staff, good, good head coach, and uh, – He's he's actually way he, he recruits way more players in state than the two you know university University of Georgia Georgia Tech uh, so I, I like seeing I like seeing that but it does mean that you get a pretty uh, you get a team almost like us and what what I mean by that is you're getting three stars develop them in, into four stars so uh, and again they were just a little farther along and. Uh, what we've been because we've had to well, what well, was it? We started, we'd stop for a week. We started, we stopped for you know, and uh, you don't get any continuity with anything when it's under that situation. And you think about the amount of actual team time that's been missed by all of this. So that it, I mean, it's hard to just show up and everybody be tight. <laughs> you got to develop. Even you got to develop your attitude. You got to develop your your bonding of the players. And uh, I, I, again, I, I think uh, the young backs are exciting. Uh, Penix, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, excited we have what we have with our, with our offense. And, uh, and we're only going to get better up front because uh, we will. Uh, what was it? We only got three of our linemen that we – we had eight linemen that we really wanted to recruit last year and only got three of them. Uh, so when, when we start getting more of the offensive linemen that we're trying to get, uh, because we're not just going – we're not just set, we don't just settle for a certain level of play. We're, we're recruiting the same ones everybody's recruiting, which I think we should do. I don't think we should ever – go into a situation thinking a kid don't want to go to East Carolina, especially in the state. If they're east of I-95, they should want to go to East Carolina. Uh, you know, that's the way I look at that. And then you go into places like Georgia, Florida, and you pick up these uh, these additional players that aren't going to go in and play right away at some of the Power 5 schools. But we get them. They get a chance to come in and play uh, earlier. And uh, I think if you get kids, once you get one or two from a certain area, it, it builds, uh, it builds, uh, you know, what it legacies or whatever. And it's easier to go back and recruit when you have success with a kid than it is if, if you never try in the first place. So uh, I think we're doing a really good job of how we're, we're, we're trying to recruit now. 
And uh, there's, uh, I, I tell you, I see a lot of upside. Uh, I think we've been to the bottom. You know, oh, yeah. I think we're at the bottom. We've been at the bottom. I think, I think we're finding a way now to start climbing out. And it's, uh, go, look, we got to remember, it's like I used to tell my uh, players in high school, you know, when we'd go to, say, Valdosta to play, I tell them, we're, when we get off the bus, there's 14 points on the board for them. <laughs> you know, we're already 14. We're already behind 14 to nothing. Uh, you know, we got off the bus and they done scored twice. So I understand that mentality, and that way we can go in and play and, um, and, and be ready for what's, you know, what's coming. And by that, I mean, our fans have got to realize that uh, it – it's um, we're in a situation right now where we're behind the eight ball. Uh, we got a lot of things going against us, but that's when you got to rally around things. And if we're telling everybody else what the problems are, what does everybody else think about us? That we are nothing but problems. So at times you do have to, be a, uh, I'm not going to say a cheerleader, but you got to be a supporter. And by that, I mean, you got to support effort. You got to support attitude, tradition, those types of things. You can't just be a supporter when the uh, scoreboard says you have more points than the other team. That's easy support. We've got to have the tough support. You know, it's like tough love. You know, you got to have tough support. And it's okay to get inside and talk about it ourselves, and, and we can, you know, hash out the issues. But when we leave a room, we got to leave united. When we go before the public, we need to put out a a, a positive uh, message, or all they're going to hear is, "Well, that's just ECU." It's like the Falcons right now. Oh, and five. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they well, they started out today. They scored first. Well, what's the first thing everybody says? Oh, well, <laughs> they'll, they'll lose anyway because they can't keep a lead, right? Well, so you've already defeated yourself before you ever play the game. And, and that's that's not yeah, – uh, that's funny. too easy. It's funny you said it there. Yeah. Last night, I just you, – you jump up on USF and you're leading halftime and mentally you think, oh, God, are we going to blow this? How many there points you are go. we going to have to score? How many points <laughs> are we going to have to score in the second half to win? You know, right. and, uh, and, and hey, you know what? Hats off to the guys. They didn't have that mindset. They uh, they went out, and uh, you know what? If we didn't score another point, we would have won the game. But uh, thankfully, we, we did score quite a few more points. But, uh, you know, all, all three sides of the ball played well. And you would look ahead to next week, as we take on Navy, uh, can we figure out a way to yank and stop the triple option? But can we slow it down? Uh, I, I think, Terry, what we did last night on offense, if we can execute that again next week, I think that's the perfect game plan against Navy because if you got the ball in your hand with a sustained drive running the football, that means they ain't got it in their hand. Absolutely. Take the air out of the ball. That's what, that's what we'd say when we're talking about not throwing it a whole lot. Just take the air out of the ball. Once you take the air out of the ball, and make it into more of a, a traditional game, then you're going to uh, less opportunities to if you if you have the ball less, you're going to score less. 
So it's a perfect thing. And I got to compliment our special teams. Uh, I know uh, Jake missed one last night, but, uh, you know, how can you not feel good about having a kicker like that? Well, you, you know, when we get down to the 30-yard line, we've got a chance to score points. You know what that does to your offensive coaches trying to move the ball? It takes a little pressure off of them because they're not having to call the perfect play every time. See, when you start trying to call the perfect play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 when, you're deep, when your defense is playing well, if you've got a good kicker, it makes things a lot easier on offense. Now, if, you, if your defense is struggling, having a good kicker don't really make a difference because you need to touch no. every time. But if your right. defense is playing well, having a good kicker, you're set. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of defense, uh, I saw a lot of um, excitement. I saw people – I saw a lot of white jerseys around the football with a bad attitude at the end. And uh, I also saw some secondary players making some good plays. Uh, but, you know, when – again, when you got somebody over the top of you, it gives you a little more freedom to make a good play rather than once again having that pressure of making the perfect play. Because uh, when, when you play a game the whole time thinking you got to do everything perfect, you can't relax and play. The way the big plays happen is you, they, they happen organically, I guess you'd say. They happen because, they, that because of the moment because of the situation and because of uh, uh, what you've done to get to that particular place. So uh, we can't go out there expecting to make every play the perfect play. And, uh, and, and again, defense helps so much because if they uh, go three and out, every three and out you get, that's one less time they're going to score. <laughs> you've taken that away from them. And uh, we had some fourth down uh, where we hailed them. You know, we stopped them on some drives where they had moved down the field, and then we'd, uh, we'd force them out. With the, with the, that's a turnover when, when you stop them on fourth down. Yeah, they've turned the ball over now to you. So uh, um, a lot of, uh, again, little things. It's those little things we're doing. I, I still, as a receiver, I, I hate to see us uh, – I think we almost nowadays, uh, there's some things, fundamentals taught that are different than what we used to go through. And, and uh, one thing is uh, catching the ball one-handed. Uh, I wish I'd have had the gloves they wear now. I don't know if you've ever actually, <laughs> those, those gloves they have now, they're like yeah. divers gloves, I guess you'd say, because they're, they're not sticky so much as they're, they're not slick. They just, you know, and they're big. <laughs> yeah, guys, I had a uh, obviously I had a point to make real quick. You were talking about uh, earlier about Holton Aylers. I think the Holton actually. Um, there we go. We yeah. just. Got, I feel dizzy. <laughs> just saw us go around and like a washing machine. <laughs> yeah, Terry. I was gonna make a quick point and then pitch it to Bubba. I felt like last night with Holton, the the coaching staff finally realized you can't handcuff Holton. Um, he's he got he's a playmaker, and you know that that's the thing. 
you gotta you gotta let a guy that's a playmaker make plays and, and, he, and give him a style and that's why i say that's why we've gone to this uh, I, I wish if you get a chance to see a playback watch our watch our front protection when he rolls to one side or the other uh and you can see what i'm talking about about roll out or sprint pass um you know and um you don't see that a lot anymore in colleges and then also the waggle or bootleg or whatever you want to call it. Uh, All right, let's bring in, yeah, Terry, let's bring in Bubba Rosamond. Bubba's been waiting a good while to come on and join us. Uh, Bubba, uh, did you see that with Holton where he was able to make plays? And I know we also want to talk about stats too. Yeah, definitely. Um, Terry made some excellent points, as did Kyle, as far as uh, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick and the offensive staff playing to Holton's strength. Uh, I like the way we uh, moved the pocket, as Terry was saying, um, sprinting him out. And obviously, Holton's an excellent runner, and we've talked about wanting uh, to see Holton more with the ball in his hands. And um, when you can run the way Holton can, um, you really put the uh, edge edge folks, uh, like the like the cornerbacks and um, or a safety that's up there, et cetera. Um, you put those guys in binds, and because they have to make a decision whether to come up and um, play you or stay back and defend the pass. And um, they have a guy that's 6'3", 6'4", 230 pounds barreling down on them. And um, and Holton throws very well on the run. Also, um, and some other things, and Terry talked about the game plan early on. Um, I really like the way we stuck with Keaton Mitchell on that opening drive, let him get comfortable and kind of into the flow of the game, or, or as Kyle likes to say, lathered up. Um, and then we did, did the same thing with Raji Harris on the second possession. Um, and you notice on the first possession, uh, we were getting some nice gains. And when you do that, it's easier to play with a little tempo. And, and we played with um, a little faster tempo than what we've seen recently uh, there early on in the first couple of possessions. And we, we had 10 to 12 play drives, uh, really sustained things, and uh, got points on both of those after being held to a first um, a field goal in the first possession. Excuse me. We were able to punch it in the second time. I think that was the touchdown pass to Penix, if I'm remembering correctly. And uh, even though we um, had a lot more third and longs than we would have liked, probably, and we did a good job of picking those up with the passing game. Um, we had the Conley connection with with Holton hooking up with C.J. Johnson. Nice to get him more involved. And you had the 75-yarder. That was on like third and eight or third and ten. And then you had the 14-yard touchdown pass to C.J. later on, and that was also on third down. So those were some of the things that really stood out offensively. Um, even though, yes, Keaton Mitchell uh, didn't have near the success that Ra Raji Harris did in terms of numbers. You know, uh, Raji had like 115 while Mitchell only had 42. But – if, if you knew what you were watching, and I know Terry noticed this, as you guys probably did as well, but um, we were sometimes we would move Mitchell into the slot, we'd fake <clears throat> fake it to him on the jet sweep, and then Holton kept it up inside for nice games. And we were using Keaton Mitchell in different ways, and and uh, I really I really liked what I saw there. Um, you know, defensively, or, or first of all, um, let me make another point on. The offensive side, um, Kyle was talking about this week with Navy. Um, yesterday, we technically had 13 possessions, but two of those were kneel downs at the end of each half. So the way I looked at it, we just one moment, I'll get the logo off Terry's face. I, talk, talk, and I didn't realize. All right, there we go. I guess some of that um, static that we've – or um, bad connection issues that we've had and has been on Kyle's end. But um, – 
as far as some of the other things offensively, um, we actually had 11 possessions when you take out those two kneel downs at the end of each half. We had eight scores in 11 possessions, which is tremendous. Um, and it's going to take that type of success probably to to beat Navy this coming weekend. Um, you really look at it. I mean, the only really disappointing possession we had uh, was when USF tried the surprise onsides. And if you remember that, that was right there. We, we got the ball. Oh, man, I guess what about their 45, 50-yard line uh, right, right there at midfield? Mm-hmm. And, and we, we ran four or five plays and had to settle for a long field goal, a, a relatively long field goal. And I think that's the one that Jake missed. He pushed it wide right. And, but right after that, I, I think that's when the defense rose to the occasion, forced the turnover when we put our hat on the football. And, um, and then uh, – or that, or that may have – I may be mixing the possessions up, but whatever the case, um, my point is that the defense um, – we were playing good complementary football. The defense rose to the occasion. Um, the special teams got involved when they had a, a low snap. A snap their punter should have held, but it hit, it hit him in the hands down around his ankle, and he dropped it and then had no choice but to run and ran out of bounds. And then that led to, to Raji Harris going from 10 yards out on the first play. So we were opportunistic like that when, when we had a chance to to get a short scoring drive. We capitalized. We got seven. We didn't have to settle for three. And then uh, defensively, we gave up a lot of chunk plays in the first half, um, probably at least four or five passes over 20 yards. But then in the second half, um, really did a good job, much like last week. Last week, we were playing – to get back in the ball game down 35-13. This time we were trying to, to hold a lead uh, or, or build onto a lead 31-17 ahead at halftime. And I really liked what I saw there and defensively. We didn't give up a score in the second half until, like Kyle said, those garbage points in the final minute. Um, so re- really like what we're seeing um, after halftime from the defense. Hopefully they'll be able to figure out a little more uh, early on, but one thing I did like from the defense um, er, early yesterday compared to um, the previous game against Georgia State, and, and that was the fact that even when USF did, am I back? You're back, um, but um, like Terry said, we made them snap the football a lot. So then they got down. They had a one possession where they probably had uh, run maybe twelve, oh. thirteen. 12, 13, or 14 plays, and and when that was the case, um, you know, we, we ended up holding them on fourth down, a turnover on downs when Robert Kennedy had an excellent break on the football, and then there was another time where um, they had to settle for a very short field goal as Kyle continues to log in and out. Nothing like producing and trying to make some points here. But, um, is that your clock, Terry? What's that? No, but um, and then and then special teams wise, special teams wise, uh, Jake Verity, and um, it's been scrolling across the bottom of the screen, but he became the all-time leading scorer in East Carolina history yesterday. Fourteen points, um, three field goals, three out of four, and then all five PATs. So. Tremendous day for Jake. Congratulations to him for that individual accolade. 
um, breaking, I guess it was Warren Harvey's was the previous holder of that record. And, and then prior to that, it had been a good family friend of mine, Ben, ben Hartman. Did you have something to say about that, Dave? Yeah, I was just going to say the very fact of the special teams has been solid so far. One of the fundamental, one of the fundamentals of the game, and it's great to see that because we we need that. We need that right now. Having these younger players get experience, having the that very fact of like when we had last week the fake field goal for a touchdown with Tyler Sneed. You had the block punt and the touchdown from Blake Prohl. Uh, those kind of things. When we get the, we're going to be a dangerous team, guys. We can put four quarters of football. You hear about that all the time. But what I was going to make, uh, Bubba, when you're talking about defensively, look at last week with Georgia State, and this week with with USF. The defense played really well the second half of both games. Like you mentioned about, you guys mentioned about the very fact that we had um, one touchdown, a garbage touchdown at the end for last night. But otherwise, the last two weeks we played well. We've just got to be careful of not having those spurts where we go like last week where we have three scores in seven minutes. You just can't do that, you know. Or we yeah, have a, yeah. a X play here and X play there where uh, it can give up a big gain for a potential touchdown or a, a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a couple other points I want to make on, on the defensive side, as you see scrolling there on the bottom of your screen, and we really did a good job stopping South Florida running attack. Early on, they had a little bit of success with Ford, um, but as the night went on, we really shut that down, which made them one-dimensional. And yes, um, McLeod threw for right at 300 yards, and we certainly need to uh, tighten that up. Um, and I think we did so in the second half, but um. You saw when you make a team one-dimensional, much like Georgia State made us one-dimensional, they sacked Colton four times, pressured him, countless others. Last last night we made USF one-dimensional. They only averaged 2.7 yards per carry. We sacked uh, USF quarterbacks five times and then um, and pressured him others. And re remember the time when he had to pull it down in the first half and ran. He, he was going to have about a 10 to 15-yard game, but we put the hat on the football and – and then, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to blame new, the new defensive lineman out of Fayetteville, um, it's Elijah Morris. I think that I think it's Elijah Morris, and he did a good job of going up and getting that jump ball when that ball went about 20 feet in the air. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was a heck of a play on his part. Sorry, guys, having technical difficulties with the coming in and out earlier, and, uh, and no uh, no video. Y'all don't get to see my pretty face. But uh, yeah, oh, when that ball went flying up in the air. And uh, he came down with it. Uh, that was a hell of a play. Um, and Johnny on the spot watching the ball and uh, being able to bring it down. Um, you, you, it's not a – do you practice that? Is that a tip drill? I mean, is that something you practice? Hey, watch the ball in the air, guys. I don't know. One thing that's impressive to me was the fact, guys, that he – how big he was to get up to that, that vertical he had to get that ball was really impressive. Normally you don't see – as Bubba was mentioned, and I know Jeff Charles talked about it last night on the Pirate Sports Radio Network at Learfield um, IMG College was the very fact that he got up 20 feet up in the air and how how big he was and the fact that he jumped up. 20 feet yeah. in the air, Doug. Yeah, when the ball, that, went, 20, the ball went 20 feet up in the air. Is what, yeah. Not that he went 20 feet up in the air. That would been awesome if he had jumped up 20 feet in the air. Yeah. Hey, we'll win more ball games if we can. <laughs> yeah, go go gadget legs. Uh, but uh, yeah, when that happened, um, as soon as we 
had possession of the football, Coach Houston was one of the first, if not the first, over to uh, Elijah Morris and slapped him on the hat and was grinning from ear to ear. Um, you know, uh, to find a defensive lineman, we've been talking about this. This has been a topic for the last several weeks, how, how tough those guys are to find. And you've heard Rick Smith say it time and again as far as defensive linemen as well as offensive linemen. And to have a guy of his caliber uh, from right there um, on that fine line, like Terry was saying, from east of I-95 right there in Fayetteville, to have him almost, I don't know how that recruitment went down, but he's, I do know that he's a walk-on. To, so to have a, have a walk-on that sought you out or, or preferred walk-on, his caliber is tremendous. No question. Let's, uh, and Bunk, what do you think about the the very fact of us now with, uh, with the, with the pirates and the fact that we're going into Navy, uh, one thing that comes to mind guys is that I know Bubba, you said, what was eight out of 11 we scored on? We may not have 11 possessions. I think altogether it was 13, yeah. but 11, like you said, Bubba. Yeah. We may not have an eight or nine possessions. So we're going to lose a couple possessions because we're, my estimation is probably two or three possessions we'll lose this coming week because we're playing Navy. Yeah. Generally speaking, that's how it goes. And, um, and uh, that was something I kind of delved into last year when we were playing them. And uh, generally, in a football game, you'll have anywhere from 13 to 15. And against those guys, you're going to have more like 10. And uh, in the second half last night, um, this is something we haven't addressed yet. And that was how we only had four possessions in the second half against South oh, wow. Florida. And, and of those four possessions, we, we had one punt, but then we had three scores in four possessions with the two field goals and then also the touchdown that we referenced earlier on the third down to uh, C.J. Johnson and the play-action pass where we, we booted Holton out down there in the red zone, Terry. And, but uh, as far as that goes, the, mm-hmm. in there in the second half with, with that efficiency that I just referenced, I mean, that's, that's the way it's going to be this week. So we're going to have to be extremely efficient and get points, probably mm-hmm. 75% of our possessions. Well, uh, Coach Dye always stressed, you know, the first five minutes after the half. And uh, that's uh, USF last night got the kickoff of the second half, and they took it down the field. They ran off about four minutes, but then we held them on fourth down. So you talk about the first five minutes of the second half. We won the first five minutes of the second half because then we – I think we took the ball down on a long drive ourselves, and – Maybe miss it. Maybe that was when we missed the field goal. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we, there was a lot of uh, time-consuming drives on both sides in the second half. But we didn't care if they were taking a while. You know, that's fine. Now, the more they, the more they're, it's like it's fine for them to have the ball if they're not scoring. So, <laughs> and, I, and I know Gary, uh, being yeah. a former, former player and coach, knows what this means uh, as far as producing a death drive. Uh, we uh, really, I mean, we oh, had that was the first man of the game. I mean, we were we were up twenty twenty four points at the time. Yeah, so we, we had we, about eight minute drive, didn't we? Yep, fit, fit, I think it was fifteen plays, fifty. 54 yards and eight minutes and 55 seconds or something that it was a Navy like drive. And, you know, thinking back through the years, it reminded me of what South Carolina did to us in 2014 down there. And also what Southern Miss had done to us. I want to say it was uh, 2007 in Greenville. And they had a death drive like that. Damian Fletcher. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. I heard something. I, I was so glad to see him graduate. Hmm. Yep, and Damian Fletcher was a tremendous back, and and you know, he was still playing for him, I guess, in two thousand nine. That was um, when it was so sweet to beat him when CJ Johnson, CJ Johnson, um, CJ Will, CJ Wilson had the um, return PAT for the two point conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, right. That's a great memory, and uh, I'd like to have some of those memories again, Bubba, where we're uh, playing for uh, conference championships and such. We're getting, we're getting there. Hey, Bubba, do you, do you call the season is it a success? Can we just go ahead and call the season a success if we beat Navy this week? No matter what happens the rest of the year, if we beat Navy this week, I'm calling the season a success. I don't know that we would uh, necessarily go that far for sure, but um, if, if we – the way we struggled against USF and Navy uh, – one win against them respectively prior to last night. And then obviously we're trying to change that this week with the MIDI. And you really haven't had many competitive games against Navy outside. Um, we had that 2006 game in the season opener where we were right there. But uh, the majority of the games against them have been like last year where it was, you know, 45 20 or whatever it was. And then, um, 76, 76, 35, blowout after blowout, 56, 28. Yeah, no, the, the 06 game is the only game we have been competitive besides the win in 2011. Every other time we've lined up against Navy, they they beat the dog piss out of us. And, uh, you know, that's why I say, I say it jokingly, if we beat Navy, do we call the season a success? No, of course not. But yeah. it would be two, it would be two wins in conference, which is, uh, you know, we hadn't done that in a while. And uh, uh, beating Navy and beating USF, um, uh, you know, that, that's uh, those are two nice wins for our program. Beating Navy, to me, would be a milestone moment for our football program. Uh, I mean, it really would. I mean, and that might sound silly, but to a lot of Power fans, it won't. We've struggled against them so bad. And, and just, just in terms of a quality opponent, they're 2-0 and in conference. And I know they, they played bad against Air Force and against BYU. But BYU and Air Force are two really good football teams. So, uh, you know, they beat Tulane. They beat Temple. 2-2, two and 2-0 two, two and in the league. If we could find some kind of way, by hook or by crook, turnovers, outscore them, trick plays, special teams plays, if we find some way to have one more point in the Navy at the end of the day next Saturday, I, uh, I'll be ecstatic. I, I, it'll it'll be a huge moment, in my opinion, not only for the Mike Houston tenure, but for power football in general. We we we've only beat them once. We've never beat them in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Well, we can beat them. And the thing you got to do with Navy is get uh, it, we got to get out in front of them by two touchdowns. If you can get out in front of Navy, you you can get them out of their basic game plan. And uh, it's hard to play catch up uh, with the triple option. So they are uh, passing more this year, Terry. They started. They started flinging it around. Well, that's true, but it's still once you get ahead of them, it makes that passing a little more desperate. And it's the same thing. Their passing is based on successful running. So if we if we can if we can prevent them from uh, you know. If we can just play a uh, good defense up front and uh, not give up, don't give up the big play. 
That's the whole key on defense right there is not giving up the 20-plus plays. Uh, if we'll do that, uh, I, I, there's no reason we, sh- we, we shouldn't be. And well, you got a young team. One, one good thing about inexperience is you're not used to – you don't know you're supposed to lose to Navy. <laughs> you don't know enough to be scared of them. So. <laughs> and I, I, I'll add on to what you're saying about not giving up the big play. We're going to give up the big play. Well, what we have to do is we give up a 20-yard run, play the next play, and don't give up another one right after it. And it play play the next play. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing we'd say, you know, play the next play. Uh, play, the, play this play, and once it's over, play this play. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what you – stay in the moment. Right. You got to stay in the moment. But you're talking about, these, you know, these are kids, and uh, uh, it's hard to do. It's hard to stay in, uh, in the moment. But that's why you used a lot of people. And, uh, I, again, I think uh, I think we got the ability and the potential. We just have to go out and execute and uh, uh, don't beat ourselves. You know, make them beat us. So if we can make them beat us uh, and, th- and then don't beat ourselves. So A couple of things I wanted to bring up very quickly as we start to wrap this up. Um, I talked about the success Navy's had against East Carolina and the three trips to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. 2010, they put up 76. 2012, 56. And then uh, 2016, the first year of Coach Mo, they put up 66. So they're, they're averaging 66 points a game uh, in Dowdy Ficklin. Uh, are you guys willing to say we'll hold them below their average this week? I think we should ambush their bus. <laughs> I'll um, go out on that limb and say that uh, we'll, we'll definitely hold them below their average, uh, and and I'll I think we'll probably hold them below their um, the lowest they've ever scored is fifty six. So I think we'll probably hold them below that as well. But well, I thought yeah, Alabama yeah. and uh, Mississippi State last night. Uh, you know, did, did, did you see the score for that game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watched the second half of that one. But, uh, uh, so yeah, you know. I, 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 Bubba, I'll concur. They, uh, uh, I'll go out on the limb and say they do not hit their average of 60-some points against the Pirates. I'll take the under. <laughs> I'll definitely take the under. In fact, guys, don't you think um, – this is my final thought. I think that in order for us to have a chance, we'd have to keep Navy somewhere in the 35-point range. What do you guys think? Probably. Probably. I mean, That's my guess. It's possible we could beat them, you know, 43 to 42. I mean, but – yeah, you, you would think just by the nature of the game, um, if, if they're scoring over 40, we've probably lost because we've given up a lot of big plays. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would I would guess if we can keep them in the 30s, we'll have a chance, um, uh, providing our offense is clicking like it was this past week. Um, uh, and, and we'll see. And one of the things that makes that Navy flex bone attack so effective, and we'll talk more about this on Thursday with our pirate preview for this week uh, when we talk to Pete Medhurst and well, it's just amongst ourselves. Um, but, Terry, I did want to bring that up with how young we are on the defensive line. Those guys are really going to uh, be baptized by fire this week and um, taking, <laughs> taking on Navy with all the cut blocking and um, the physicality and, and it's – Nastiness, but it's illegal nastiness for the most part. Uh, you, uh, they're, they're, they're in the 
you have to practice what, what you do is you can't do it live. You can see that that's that's something that's hard to simulate in practice too. So it's hard to get a good look from a scout team uh, as to what's going on because you don't want to hurt your defensive players in practice. So what you do in drills is you take a, a long cylinder dummy and and in the play you throw it into their feet and make the defender have to have to play have to you know what you got to do you got to use your hands to keep the guys from from taking your feet out and still be able to be upright once you get put on the ground you you you're you're no good so uh we just have to and there's a good way to do it again you just work the drill where where you you just put that and you don't just lay it there you full speed throw that thing in there to their feet right as the ball carrier is getting there and they got to play the they got to play off that thing and move. You can't just be a tree. You can't stand there and let them just come cut you. You got to be moving your feet. You got to be moving. And uh, you're moving. It's hard to uh, it's hard to do that. And still maintain containment. Uh, I, I hate to see at this level when uh, when I see defenders playing with their wrong shoulders. Uh, it just it just it just kills me because if you're on the right side, you got to play with your left shoulder. If you're on the left side, you got to play with your right shoulder. Keep your outside shoulder free. That way, you know the ball's only going to go as wide as you. And, and uh, so we got to we got to keep our keep containment. We got to uh, uh, you know up front. There is a way to stop that dive. Uh, but then again, you can't just get lulled to sleep and let let them go over the top. So, all right, Kyle. Uh, as we wrap these things up, what's your final thoughts on as we look ahead to Navy and maybe a final thought about the game last night? Well, final thought about the game last night it was good to get the win on the road. Uh, it was our first time we won as a road underdog, I believe, and I don't know if Bubba's had a chance to confirm this. I mentioned it last night. You know, just based on looking at who we've beaten on the road, going all the way back to the 13 to 14 seasons where we were favorites a lot on the road, I believe that may have been our first win as a road underdog since 2014. So uh, that's something I hadn't really been talking yeah. about. So uh, hats off about that winning as a road underdog. Um, I think next weekend it's going to take an offensive effort like we had this past week. We're going to have to establish the run. We're going to have to hit big plays in the passing game. Uh, we're going to have to uh, keep the ball so they don't have the ball. On defense, not not giving up the big play. And when you do inevitably give up a big run, it don't don't let it snowball. Uh, play the next play. Another big, another big thing that I always think against Navy is first down. I think first down against Navy is so important because if you, if you, can, if you can keep them, you know, if you can get them second and nine or second and eight or – or, you know, maybe you can get a loss on first down where third down isn't third and five or less. If you can make it third and five or more where, where you have to at least, you know, where you know they may have to pass it, um, then, uh, you know, that becomes something, a whole other thing. Uh, another thing is get ready on defense for fourth downs. Uh, you got to prepare yourself mentally because if Navy gets in a fourth and one or a fourth and two, they will go for it. That's something you got to make your defense aware. It's not always going to be three and out. Sometimes if it's a fourth and short, Navy's going to play for it. So get ready to play four down sometime. Um, so a lot, a lot of things you just – I think playing Navy defensively is 90% mental. 
So, uh, you know, maybe having a young team in some ways will be good, but you got to make them aware of some things. And uh, offensively, you know, do what you did last week, and it'll give us a chance. Um, And, again, I'll go back to special teams. I think from what I've seen through three games, I think special teams is something we can have an advantage over most teams. Uh, Our special teams are excellent. Best special teams we had in a long time. And before we let you go, Terry, maybe a final thought last night and then obviously uh, looking ahead to Navy, your thoughts uh, early on for uh, the week. I, I, I think Kyle said it pretty well and Bubba has too. And uh, uh, at this point, it's good for the players to be able to come back as winners. You know, they can walk with, with a little little pep in their step and uh, they can feel good about themselves this week. And uh, – and uh, maybe they'll get excited about feeling that way. And there's uh, there's only there's only one good way to feel good on Sunday, and that's win. So it's pretty simple. Yeah, don't don't overcomplicate it. Just let's go play football. Have fun. Bye. What about you, Bubba? My <laughs> Bubba, thing, we go is, uh, it's more of a point, um, and that is uh, something I meant to throw in earlier. I'm um, just looking back through the numbers. I knew we hadn't rushed for 200 yards much. Um, you, yeah, we did it against Gardner Webb and William and Mary last year, and we had done it maybe against we uh, Mose last year. We ran for 400 yards against UConn, but uh, the last time we ran for in excess of 200 yards against an FBS opponent not named UConn was that 2018 game against North Carolina, and. Mm. Going back prior to that, well, that, that we were, we're talking about playing big, big time schools. We're not talking exactly, about exactly, exactly. community colleges. <laughs> but uh, that w- and that was the only, <laughs> may- maybe the only time we did it against the FBS opponent in quite a while. Um, um, during the Mo era, we may have done it against Cincinnati or somebody when Cincinnati wasn't very good. But the point being is that a lot of people will think, "Oh, you ran for." 210 yards against South Florida, big deal. And it is a big deal because, like Kyle said, their defense isn't all that bad. Plus, um, everything's relative. I mean, we, we haven't done it in the past. I mean, we did something that we we're not accustomed to doing, right. and, and it's getting toward that identity that this coaching staff wants to have. So that's all the more reason to be excited about what took place last night in Tampa. Uh-huh. No, no doubt, Bob. I'll say this real quick, and then I'll pitch it to you to – promo stuff and we'll get out of here the very fact that how many times have we heard over and over and over again over the last handful of years we need a running game we need a running game we need a running game uh i don't care who we i was telling terry earlier today getting him ready for the show i i don't care who we're playing we ran the football we won the game it doesn't matter if they're young players old players i don't care if they're 50 years old out there playing or 20 years old we still won the game and that's the most important thing so uh, great uh, win by the Pirates and Bubba. I know before we go, we've got some great programming. We'll have the weekly press conference and other great stuff, right? Yeah, on Tuesday, as always, Mike Houston's weekly press conference. Also, on Tuesday, uh, you'll be visiting with Mike Maniscalco, talking about the Carolina Hurricanes, as well as guest co-host Andrew, Andrew D. Giovanni. Um, and then also, uh, potentially another guest that we've had on before to talk some college football that recently got a new gig and we'll leave that a surprise as that's still in the works. And then also on Thursday, Dominique Davis, 
the lone ECU quarterback to ever beat Navy when he set that NCAA record with 28 consecutive completions or whatever it was in 2011. He will join us as well as Navy play-by-play voice Pete Medhurst. It's your, it's your surprise. It's your surprise. Does it have anything to do with – maybe you'll get my reference because I've told you the story, but is it – does your surprise guest have anything to do with I'm here, Brian? Uh, I'm not I'm not okay, sure. Maybe I'll get my reference. Did he used to be the head coach of Cincinnati? Yes. Okay. I, I, I figured yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Stacy said big big daddy from Cincinnati. We could only be that lucky to have, have that uh, have that man on our show. But um, <laughs> he, he was a former coach at Cincinnati, also spent time on Lou Holt's staff at Notre Dame, uh, spent some time at South Carolina also, um, and and is now going to be an analyst or um, in, a, in an advisory role, whichever, down at Southern Mississippi. Yes, so stay tuned. Maybe we'll have him on. Hopefully we will. Big fan of that guy. And uh, Bubba, remind me after the show, and I'll tell you the story about I'm here, Brian. I thought I had told you that before, but uh, remind me since you didn't get that reference, I'll tell you again. All right, thanks to Sutton Young, who's on a plane now, coming back to Raleigh-Durham and then the hour-and-a-half trip back to Greenville. Captain Buck and Wilmington, North Carolina, near the battleship, the USS North Carolina. Thank you, sir. And I appreciate Bubba and Kyle. Thank you guys very much. You've been watching the Pirate Playback. Right here on the Sports Objective. Good luck to the Pirates this week taking on Navy. And as always, good night, everybody, and go Pirates! Arrgh.